0: For sports content from the biggest leagues and competitions across the world, look no further than Reuters Connect, Reuters' online news content platform. Reuters Connect makes finding the sports content you need easy, whether it's in-depth reporting from Reuters journalists or access to video highlights from around the world. Bring the world of sport directly to your workplace with Reuters Connect. For more information and a free trial, visit ReutersConnect.com.
1: Welcome to Keeping Score, I'm Ricardo. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, and we are keeping score with the comeback in sports more prolific than ever before, despite the coronavirus, with a deal-making issue every minute. Let's talk about them three to one. Three. Well, Radiohead sang about fake plastic trees. The Kansas City Royals baseball team will soon have fake plastic fans. The 2020 start of Major League Baseball will include the Royals launching their Fan Ambassador program, in which they gave up to 500 fans a plastic cutout for a purchase of $40 each, a likeness displayed at a seat at Kauffman Stadium throughout the abbreviated 2020 season. According to ESPN, a portion of the proceeds will benefit the Royals Respond Fund, an effort to support Kansas City-area nonprofits focused on the food insecurity amid the coronavirus pandemic. An idea of putting fan likenesses inside stadiums began in Germany when soccer resumed, and other baseball franchises, such as the Oakland A's, have proposed the same idea. Royal season ticket holders will have first opportunity to purchase their likeness. No word yet on whether the fall Kansas City fans will be offered polyester, popcorn, and styrofoam peanuts. Two NFL considering scrapping their entire 2020 preseason, according to the LA Times, After an NFL proposed cut to its exhibition season from 4 to 2, Players Association entertaining the idea of a summer without preseason games. The NFLPA conducted conference calls with players last week to address specific issues around resuming play during a time when COVID-19 experiencing flare-ups nationwide and numerous NFL players, staff, and stadium personnel have contracted the coronavirus under the plan Week one and week four games would be eliminated, and two and three week games would be played with modifications that would guarantee each team one home and one away. NFL Network reports the NFLPA proposed a four-stage protocol to replace the season. Player arrivals, 21-day strength and conditioning program, 10 days of non-contact, non-padded practices, and finally a traditional two-week camp with a maximum eight padded practices. The current season protocol might be replaced with this, and major issues such as players' pay and status if they contract the virus and the role of temporary replacement players have to be worked out before players report to camp on July 28. One European sponsorship executives have growing confidence in the sport's recovery in the wake of COVID-19's pandemic, according to a new survey by the European Sponsorship Association. And despite heavy losses being forecast by businesses across the industry, confidence among European sports sponsorship stakeholders has risen to an average of 5.7 out of 10, up from 5.4 in an initial survey. The findings reflect the second wave of results from the Sponsorship Sentiment Tracker, an industry survey that seeks to gauge the health and confidence of sponsorship organizations across Europe. More than 200 senior executives in the sponsorship sector surveyed as part of the report. Many sports properties have resumed, and the report found 23% of respondents estimate an increase in revenue this year, up from just 6% in Wave 1. The report also found that brands are the most positive about the future of sports sponsorship with an average confidence score of 6.2. The ESA also noted the recovery of organizations based in Europe has outpaced those of the UK whose government has been slower to ease lockdown restrictions due to higher infection rates. And that's the deal-making minute, three to one. Well, the intersection of sports, television, and business certainly dominates the landscape now. What media comes back? With TV, how do you deal with avid fans who can't go to stadiums? Well, Dick Glover has been a worldwide expert on the intersection of sports and TV. He's just become the CEO of Sportico, the digital content platform providing sports industry news, insights, and strategies. Before that, he served as CEO of Mandalay Sports Media, involved in minor leagues, media, and otherwise, NASCAR. He ran the .LA. office overseeing all television, new media business, entertainment programming, promotion, etc, and then a 20-year veteran of broadcasting and media. He was previously an executive at the Walt Disney Company with various senior management roles, including seven years at ESPN. He can tell us about television, media, the business and all things coronavirus after the pandemic. I give you Dick Glover. A hey, Dick Glover, who is now the president and CEO. Of Sportico, a digital content platform providing sports industry news, insights, live media for professionals in the industry, but so much more with NASCAR and Mandalay and ESPN and otherwise. Dick, time's valuable, so how are you?
0: I'm terrific, and I apologize. Some guy just started a uh, blower or something in the background. I hope it doesn't impact
1: everything. (laughs) Well, you know, the good thing about the interviews that everybody does during coronavirus and pandemic is that we're used to people at home. We're used to people in their bedrooms. And one of the things that is interesting and exciting about the road to recovery, V-shape, U-shape, or otherwise, is that we as a nation become more tolerant of how content is presented. Give me your perspective, first of all, you're a 20-year veteran of broadcast and media, obviously, Walt Disney Company, senior management roles at ABC and ESPN. Give us kind of a 30,000-foot overview of television, content, media, and then pandemic, where we've been and where we're going.
0: Well, uh, I'll sort of start on, on the last first, you know, which is pandemic and where we are and where we're going. And that one's easy for me. I don't have a clue. Um, that, that and I think people who say they definitively know uh, don't either. We all, the best we can do is, is educated guesses and that uh, clearly uh, the restart, you know, has, has, has begun and uh, in Europe has been successful as, as I see it with uh, Bundesliga, Premier League and some others. And, then rugby down in uh, New Zealand has been successful. But in all of those cases, it's in areas where uh, the virus is clearly under control. Here in the United States, the virus is still out of control. And and so I, I have to admit to being a little bit pessimistic about uh, all of the sports restarting here in the next month or so. Um, obviously that that impacts media because that you know the main reason these sports are restarting while it's economic it's economic tied to media and all of their uh media partners you know needing the, the content so um we'll see i i certainly am hopeful because as a sports fan as well i mean uh, you know my 11-year-old son and I, we've been watching Survivor as kind of our sports fix. go, you know, a little Premier League soccer and then, you know, binge watching old Survivor series.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, there's a little bit more to watch now. Uh, I'm personally kind of tired of Korean baseball, but, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think, what everybody has to deal with, which is how to get back to normalized content. And so, what about the evolution of how important The, um, content is, I think at the end of the day, you saw some of the original early pandemic horrendous figures about what the advertising industry is going to do. And then of late, generally, we have some reverse trend that the advertising industry respects the fact that you have more and more people watching because they have nothing else to do. And sports continues to be the ultimate appointment viewing reality TV. Um, comment on the evolution of of, uh, of how content has, has emerged, maybe a little bit more positively than expected through this pandemic?
0: Yeah, I, I think two things have happened in the pandemic that accelerated trends that were already happening. One was live sports was the, you know, sort of last anchor of the, the so-called bundle or whatever. And, and you know, the appointment viewing as you say and it was the one place that remained where you could get a mass audience to come at the same time at the same place and obviously that's very very attractive to advertisers and given the scarcity elsewhere because everything else was being streamed and and people able to view at their convenience as opposed to as an appointment that that also drove up prices Uh, And that's been accelerated now. Uh, That that even more so, if you can provide something live, I just read the stats on Hamilton over the weekend for Disney Plus, and astounding the consumption that drove, because again, it was something new, it was original, it was uh, appointment viewing in the sense that you finally had a chance to watch it this weekend for the first time. And then the second thing that was accelerated was obviously the the move towards streaming as opposed to uh, if you want to call cable satellite whatnot traditional but streaming viewership even of live events has been greatly accelerated because people have discovered that that you know when there isn't anything new on that the place where you can find much more things that you haven't seen are all in various streaming services so you've accelerated the, the cutting of the cord and people watching now, including live sports events, on streaming services as opposed to uh, traditional over-the-air or cable or, or satellite. Dick, what, what do you think is going to happen
1: with the individual leagues relative to the long-term TV deals and the fans that are avid? We know that. They are season ticket holders. They may or may not sniff the inside of a stadium this year. If they do, it'll only be one out of every three for the most part. Is there an opportunity to give those fans special media treatment or content treatment relative to the teams? Might we see teams and media team up in an untraditional way, given the difficulty of the most avid fans getting access to stadiums?
0: Yeah, I think uh, that a a, a positive to come out of this is that necessity does become the mother of invention and people are looking at how can we add value to what we're already presenting. And so will people look to say, can we create some sort of communities around these live sports events in a way that we haven't here before where the avid fan, where the person who was the season ticket holder who has now been displaced, can somehow feel there's still more part of it. They can feel they are, if you will, a special fan. And from the team's and the media's perspective, where people are willing to pay for the added value. Uh,
1: And what happens to the uncertainty with the spiking and non-spiking, the safer stadiums, uh, the last study we've seen, was about 72% of the people who are avid fans say they wouldn't go near a stadium until a vaccine is found. So we're talking about something that may include empty stadiums for at least the next two quarters, maybe even longer. Um, Is that a cause for crisis? Is that a cause for opportunity?
0: Uh, You know, both. And I think that, that sports that are more dependent on live gate for their economic underpinnings are obviously going to have a slower recovery and a more difficult time. Uh, MLS, for instance, I I think uh, it's going to be more difficult for them than it will be, um, if you will, for the NBA or or someone who uh, is less dependent on the live gate. Um, Now, obviously, everybody's going to take a hit because the live gate contributes Somewhat to you know to to every sport that's played. Um, I also think it will be interesting to see how you know some of these more emerging sports, lacrosse, uh, women's soccer, and hockey, some others that we're starting to get some real traction. You know, are they helped or hurt? It's an interesting question because of this, this great appetite for sports that has been pent up. You know, so the demand is there and can they build their model now a little bit less dependent on live events because or I'm sorry, live attendance um, and and therefore succeed uh, perhaps more quickly than they would have otherwise.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. So g- give me your perspective on a sport that you uh, uh, had a direct hand in for so long, NASCAR. Uh, you see their harmony with um uh indie racing you see their harmony with being creative now to expand their base obviously the uh the flag issues uh, the kind of mainstream issues that are really important on a marketing perspective but do you feel good about where nascar is going now in the last few uh, let's say few few uh, weeks given their startup now, their successful runs with no crowds and on and on
0: with uh, the president tweeting out against them, I'd say that bodes very well for them, and I don't know if you saw he tweeted today calling of the bring a hoax um, which uh, it's you know incredible but uh, I think NASCAR over the last couple of months has done everything right. I think that they have taken a very difficult situation and turned it into an opportunity that may actually be the turnaround for their sport. I think they were clearly headed in the wrong direction. And arrows on the grass were pointing in the wrong direction. And this came along. And if you remember back at the very beginning, with uh, e-racing, they did a phenomenal job, got a big audience and probably created uh, another opportunity they didn't realize they had for diversifying some of their revenues and everything. Then they came back to uh, stage events as as one of the very first sports and did it safely, did it well, and and it's been been very well received. Uh, Then, They handled a crisis uh, within that environment incredibly well. I thought that the the combination of the the drivers unifying and Jimmy Johnson and what he did with what the organization and Steve Phelps and their whole team did, I thought they handled it exactly correctly. And and I think it actually is going to be a positive turning point for them uh, and, and that they're going to grow going forward.
1: And and if you know, I mean, as, as you know, if you know, Lisa, Lisa uh, Kennedy and, 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 and Jim France and others who have, who have always felt exactly that way, it's, it's not a surprise to anybody in the industry that they acted with their heart and therefore look what happened. Uh, Let me give you one final set of questions, which is Sportico. Great announcement, long overdue, the digital piece. Tell me about the business.
0: Yeah, we think there's a big opportunity at that intersection of sports and business. You called it a $1.3 trillion. I'm not sure that's clearly international. We've always referenced the $500 billion North American market. Uh, Yeah, That's a big market. And we think there's a place for really thoughtful, insightful enterprise reporting on a daily basis. As well as deeper, longer term thinking, and that literally starting at the top of the pyramid, and, you know, commissioners, league owners, investment bankers, uh, all of those people, the, the kinds of information that drives their daily activity. And then it filters down from the top of the pyramid to where just your, you know, avid sports fan now has great interest in business and not just obviously with the pandemic and no events going on, that interest is heightened among the average sports fan. But I think that it is also there uh, uh, on a daily basis, even when we're back to playing games. And so that we look to provide that kind of coverage on a daily basis. We then look to do live media and events where we bring real thought leaders together in a meaningful way. To talk, to listen, to ultimately potentially deal make, um, and and we just started. You know, we're less than a week old here, uh, and already have broken a number of stories, uh, including that the minority owners this morning, the minority owners of the Redskins, have hired an investment bank to look to sell their interest, um, so that it it it. And it exciting time from that perspective. And and I think there's a lot of pent up demand that hopefully we'll be able to satisfy.
1: Well, as a veteran of the industry for seemingly 90 years, I feel older than that. I could say to you (laughs) that you're certainly on the right track. Final question. So uh, my book came out last year, Sport Business Handbook with 100 industry leaders and uh, all the commissioners, uh, essays on the first 50 years of the sports business. And of course, uh, Coach K wrote the foreword for me and my daughter was a avid Dukie. Um uh, Multiple national championships. How many more before Coach K retires?
0: Uh, you know, it is really, really hard to win one ever. Uh, so to predict more, uh, you know, I think there'll be one more before he goes. I don't know if there'll be more than that. Um, you know, it is, I, I, I think, you know, I think they're going to get rid of the one and done, which will play back to great coaches who kids want to play for longer and develop. And I think that will bode well for, for coach K uh, to get one more. (laughs)
1: My my, my personal take is I'm tired of watching uh, my daughter cry when, when Zion and Bagley and Tatum and all those guys leave for the last time. So maybe the one and and done as a, the elimination is a good psychological impact. Dick Glover, sure. world renowned sports business and other expert. Fun to have you. Would love to check in from time to time with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. As you can hear, Dick Glover has a very interesting and diverse perspective and he lends it to us over time. We'll continue to get his perspective on things as the media business as well as the pandemic continues to unfold. <laughs>
2: Welcome in to the Esports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Horo. I'm Mitch Reams from the Esports Network. Let's talk about the biggest prize pool in esports and how it's climbed to rival the biggest prizes in traditional sports. It's not the Fortnite World Cup. It's Dota 2's The International. In 2019, the tournament awarded $34.3 million in prizes. The winning team of five received $15.5 million. That means each of the five players made more than Novak Djokovic did for winning Wimbledon, or Tiger Woods did for winning the Masters in 2019. So how is that possible? It's not because the International is bigger in terms of viewers or revenue generated, it's not even close to the mark set by Wimbledon or the Masters. It's because a percentage of every sale of an in-game battle pass that provides new character designs and artwork goes directly to the International's prize pool. Each year, the tournament starts with a $1.6 million prize pool provided by Valve, the Seattle-based publisher of the game. Then, 25% of every Battle Pass sale gets added in. At that point, the climb begins. 2019 set the record, but 2020 is on pace to pass it. This week, the prize pool climbed over $25 million and saw its largest single day jump in history with $4 million being poured into the pool in just one day. Now the prize pool is $6 million ahead of where it sat at this time in 2019 meaning we're on pace for well over 40 million in prizes for TI 2020. It's the only tournament eSports to put this much user money directly into the prize pool, and it's created one of the most unique major championships in the world. That's it for this eSports Minute. Now back to Rick Horn. Let's look at the Sports Tech Minute. And the
1: score becomes the 7th MLB authorized gaming operator. According to Sports Techie, it signed a multi-year deal to become an authorized gaming operator for Major League Baseball. The company's mobile sports betting app, The Score Bet, currently available in Jersey, and a launch in Colorado and Indiana soon. The league's official data feed, StatCats, provides real-time statistics to power live betting in The Score's app once 60-game season begins in late July. The league's trademark and logos also now appear within The Score Bet. Before the current deal, MLB had already signed betting partnerships with DraftKings, FanDuel, FoxBet, Bet MGM and Bet365 and Intralot. The score also reached a deal in January to become an authorized gaming operator for the NBA. When the score bet launched in New Jersey last September, it became the first mobile sports book operated by a sports media company in North America. The score now has two partnerships with major U.S. sports leagues as the sports betting field continues to get more crowded and that's the Sports Tech Minute. The power of Sports Minute continues to be cluttered not just with worthy causes, but with game-changing causes. Here are just a few. Donovan Mitchell, among new Facebook gaming athlete charity partners. Eight NBA stars featuring Facebook with 11 pro athletes. Like the NBA, WNBA aiming to have Black Lives Matter painted on the courts for their Florida-based resort restart. Maya Moore, speaking of the WNBA... Helped overturn a wrongful conviction for Jonathan Irons. Tremendous publicity, also from the heart. Amazon renames the Seattle venue the Climate Pledge Arena. We talked about that last week. A zero-carbon arena, obviously buying the naming rights and downplaying Amazon, but substantially increasing the need for climate change. And finally, Chelsea fans raised €600,000 for charities with season ticket refunds. Sky Sports said that Chelsea supporters plan to raise the money for charities from season ticket refunds. They say, we'll give it back to you, we'll let you use it, but you got to use it for charity. Certainly really important in the fight for coronavirus recovery. Well, that's our show for this week. We continue to keep score. We'd like to thank Dick Glover for his perspective and all of those who will put the show together. And thank you all for listening and join us next week when we continue to keep score.
0: Action Images is the global multimedia sports agency of Reuters. Leagues, teams and federations around the world rely on Action Images to create, distribute and monetize their content. Action Images' global footprint means sports media expertise is never far away. For more information, visit actionimages.com.